Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome to episode two. Episode two of season two. Mm. And and this episode's name is Macho Not Yo Man. Yes. Healing <laughs> the man. <laughs> it's about healing the man and toxic masculinity. Yeah, I said it right. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. We worked yes, on it for a while, yes. right? <laughs> yes. Um, and today we have a special, very special guest. And he goes by the name of David Burris. Hello? Hey, man. Hey, how are you, David? <laughs> I'm great, sir. Good to, welcome, good welcome. To be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you welcome for being on the podcast. podcast. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Absolutely. So, um, today we're going to talk about, you know, healing the man, healing, uh, like dealing with, uh, the toxic masculinity and things of that nature. Um, what is, what is like, in your opinion, like, machismo, like masculinity, um, uh, toxic masculinity. Yeah. Toxic masculinity. Sorry, (laughs) David. Um, I think it's, I think it's believing a lie. You want to be honest. I think toxic masculinity is, um, it is believing that I can't be fully and completely who God's called me to be. And it's me hiding behind this notion of I have to have it all together or I have to be strong all the time or I have to have all the answers. And I think that's toxic because it doesn't give, it doesn't give me permission to really grow. It doesn't give me permission to be honest. It doesn't give me permission to be vulnerable. Um, it doesn't give me permission to connect in a way connect with the people around me in a way that allows them full and complete access to who I am. And so I can't really grow. I can't be developed because I'm hiding behind this, this idea of having to be, to be the man. I think every man in them has two men. I think there's a Superman and I think there's a Clark Kent. And I think that we live in Superman so much that we start believing that we are him. And we forget that there's also a Clark Kent that is associated with that Superman who needs a lowest lane that can nurse our wounds and really um, help us to be the men we want to be. To- toxic masculinity is the inability to take off my cape. I, I sleep in my cape because I don't know how to take it off. Wow. I sleep in my cape because I don't know how to take uh-huh. it off. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, and as you're talking about Superman, I was playing the movie in my head, right? Like, all the movies are <laughs> Superman. And I'm like, you know, the action, when we saw Superman, that was because we needed him, right? When, when mm-hmm. he was needed, he, the action was yep. happening, the villain was around, there was mayhem and hell and fire yep. and brimstone going on. But when all was calm, when all was cool, when all was copacetic, we had Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. And... Yep. When, when it was done, when the action was done, he would show up as Clark Kent. You, like the <laughs> right. Yeah. So he knew, he knew when to take off his, uh, how you call that? He knew when to take off his, his cloak. His no, cape. His cape, thank you. He knew when to take yeah. off yep. his cape and when to put it on. And never did the two yep. worlds clash. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. That's a big deal. Um, um, I like the fact that you said that he, he only showed up when he, he, when he was needed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes we, <laughs> we don't know. And here's the other problem, because I think men have a need to be needed. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. think sometimes we, sh- we show up in the cape looking yeah. for a reason to be super. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we don't yeah. know how to sit down. Yeah. Yeah. We need to learn how to sit down and just be Clark sometimes and stop needing to be needed. Wow. Right. Right. So how does how does one go about healing that type of behavior? The mm-hmm. masculinity, the machismo, the you know, that type. I think he has to um 
I think you have, uh, you guys seem to use the word permission a lot, um, and I think it's important that we give ourselves permission. I think he has to give himself permission to just be Manny, just be Dave, mm-hmm. just be Chris, mm-hmm. as opposed to having to be super all the time. But it's, as long as, as long as we, and here's the other thing too, I think, man, I think sometimes we, we, don't know who we are, and so we cling to the thing that gets us celebrated the most. But, yes. Um, yes. When, when I don't know who I am, I will wear the cape because I know I am guaranteed an applause. Mm. And so I have to stop mm-hmm. doing the things that get me the applause and really be honest about the fact that I am broken. I'm hurting. I'm not, I don't always have it together. And sometimes those areas of my life may not be celebrated. But I can never heal if I don't acknowledge I've been cut. And I won't acknowledge that I've been cut if I always cover the cut with the cape. So I've got to, I've got to take the cape off to really acknowledge that I'm cut, I'm hurting, and I'm broken, and I may not get an applause for my vulnerability in this moment. There's a book right in that, ti- that title. There's a book title right there. Like, yeah. Yeah. Cut or it's something. Yeah. I just, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so it's so interesting and refreshing to hear you bring that up, Dave, because um, I've shared this with my husband and um, when we've talked about like his previous relationships and the type of the the caliber of women and I've shared about like with my homeboys and how like some of the times they pick women where I'm just like that might not be the one you want to settle down with because I've always said, I say this to my dad, I say this to my husband, I've said this to my friends, Women know women. Men mm. know men. Yes. Women yes. may not, women, that's why I feel sometimes that women fall for some games that mm-hmm. men play and men and their, their guy friends sit back and say, yo, that's the oldest trick in the book. And then mm-hmm. we meet some men where they're like, yo, this woman did this. And we sit back and go, that's the oldest trick in the book. And mm-hmm. one thing I remember saying to all three, my, my friend, my guy friends, my dad and my husband is, you know, that woman, she, what she did, every woman, um, every woman wants a guy to save her, right, in some way. Um, when we are healthy and we are whole and we need help, yes, we want that savior in the guy. We want him to come and help us. But when we are toxic as a woman, when we have unresolved issues or when we find manipulation to get us what we want, so that's how we live our lives, we actually appeal to the Savior in the man only to, get, only to bring him in and, mm. and, and fall for us because we don't have any other tool in our toolkit to make mm. you like us. So if we appeal to you as your Savior, sorry, as someone, if we appeal to your Superman, if we peek in you your Superman, you come save the day, that makes you mm-hmm. feel wanted, and that makes you look at us like, oh, we need you, we want you, and then once we've got you, here comes a kid, here comes another kid, here comes four years, here comes five years, now here comes seven or ten years, and now you're dealing with us and our, our issues and thinking this is love mm-hmm. and thinking this is a relationship, when in all actuality mm-hmm. it was just drama immaturity, foolery, foolishness in our end that got you to stay with us. And, yeah. you know, I tell that to my, my guy friends all the time, like, oh, just because she sat there and, and, and drank the poison and then called you to come help her, that doesn't mean that's the one for you. Right. I agree. Hmm. I won't even add to it. I agree. <laughs> 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 Babe, mm-hmm. he's, he's supposed to be dropping the knowledge, not you. Yeah, I'm a shut up. <laughs> um, uh, uh, we, we partnering together today. Yeah, right? Oh, wow. <laughs> but that, I, I, that kind of opens my eyes to see that the two go hand in hand, right? Like yeah. healthy, both healthy femin- uh, femininity and masculinity go hand in hand, and they actually help each other, where if you have the complete opposite, they actually destroy each other. You know, there's also, <clears throat> this is going to be a little challenging to probably perceive, but there's a healthy lordship that is required in the home from a man. Mm-hmm. Um, God, God told it, he told us, he said, husband, I want you to love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Um, so the lordship and even the savior of the home 
plays out not that you are God, but but our character should reflect the nature of God. So what that looks like is that we should be the ones sacrificing the most. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to be the Lord of my home, that means I have to be the most significant sacrificer of my home. Um, so lordship is not about ruling over as much as it's about dying for. And so if 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 she is going to look to him to be to be Superman or to be Lord of home, she shouldn't be looking to him to be Lord because of his worship as much as she is. How much is how much is he willing to sacrifice for me and for my family and for who we are? So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I just think that I think sometimes we looking we're looking for leadership and lordship um, for the wrong reasons. Mm. Mm. Uh, um. As 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 a as a kid, you know, like you were once a kid, I was mm-hmm. once a kid. Um, we have this view of, or this or this painted picture of, um, of what it is to be a a, a man. Sure. You know. Um, like, do do the images we see as young boys of manhood and fatherhood from our interactions view with life and love? Do they? You said do they deal with life and love? Oh, do they form our view? Form, yes. Form our interactions. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think I think absolutely. Um, I think even the things that we, um, you know, man, sometimes the things that we, you know, not sometimes, all the times the things that we see really lay up, they create the landscape for who we will become as men. But I think even the things that we don't see create the lands- landscape as well. And even the things that we subconsciously see are creating a landscape for who we are as men. So all of that stuff informs our manhood. Um, and what I'm finding even for myself at 44 years old is that I'm having to really undo some of the stuff I've seen. Yes, um, me too. So that yeah. I can redo what God is trying to show me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Totally. It's like I'm the youngest um, out of, uh, I would say, out of four. But mm-hmm. I have a um, a first cousin. Mm-hmm. Um, in Spanish, we we call that uh, primo hermano, which is first mm-hmm. cousin. Um, mm-hmm. His father and my father are brothers, so mm-hmm. he, he's my first cousin, and so he grew up like he grew up uh, in DR, and then he came here when he was like a teenager, and so I was just coming into my own at that time and mm-hmm. I was watching him and my biological brother, you know, um, they were, they were like up and down and, you know, like hanging out and, you know, doing, uh, doing what typical, you know, teenagers do, you know, and then they were, they were coming into their own and mm-hmm. they were working and, you know, they started families and stuff like that. And me as a kid, I grew up, you know, watching them and they were my like examples besides my father also. Mm-hmm. Like, and I saw what they, they did, what they sacrificed to have their families and, and to, um, to, uh, raise their kids and stuff. But then I also saw the bad parts mm-hmm. and, like what I tried to do was like, okay, I'm going to take the good, but this stuff and this stuff and this stuff, this is all the bad and mm-hmm. not, and not try to take that. Even though they, they would try to tell me like, oh yeah, you got to be like this. And you know, you got to make sure you're the man of the house that you don't take no ish from, from your woman and this and that. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, that I grew up in a house like that. Like that's the way my dad was. 
and I just wanted to be different, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, I, like I, I, like you said, like you had to do the work to break the 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 chain, or mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it, it's 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 crazy, but you know, it it, it I definitely like believe that what what we see coming up as young young adults it definitely um definitely has an effect in our later stages in life and who we mm-hmm. choose Absolutely. And, yeah who we choose yeah i agree with that that definitely i'm just sitting here listening to him and i'm thinking of of relationships that I've seen the men in my family get in and stay in. And that made me think about um, like who their dad was or, or, you know, my grandfather and things like that. And it made me wonder, and that's one of the questions I definitely wanted us to ask is that can some of the images that form, um, form men's view on manhood when you guys are, are younger can that keep you guys in relationships longer than necessary? Mm. I think so. I think it keep. I think that's that's for men and women. I think sometimes, um, again, those images or those experiences that inform us early, um, we subconsciously tell ourselves that this is the way it should be, mm. um, and we don't know that. <laughs> There's also a new culture we can create for ourselves, um, and so if we're not if we're not taught that you can establish your own culture for your own life. Um, and, and if this is the way it's supposed to be, I will stay in a relationship just because this is all that I have been. This is the only source of information I've been given, um, and it, that's why it's important to really have some people around you. You have to have a network, a circle around you that you can glean from, um, and that you can look around and say, "No, there's another way to do this." Uh, it doesn't have to be the way that I was taught. And so, so again, when we talked about having to unlearn so that we can relearn. Right. It's, right. it's, it's critical that we have even these conversations, mm-hmm. this conversation, and those who will listen to this conversation will perhaps get a, a new perspective, a new outlook on how things can be. Um, and that, that really gives us new information that we can establish our own culture as opposed to leading to whatever whatever we knew before. So we can absolutely stay in a wrong relationship just because of the information we have been raised to believe was true. Wow. Yeah. You know, um, just as you were speaking, I was thinking of my previous relationship, and um, I told my wife that, that, Yes, I, I I probably stayed way too long. Um, it probably shouldn't. It shouldn't uh, have um, got the children because mm. I ignored I ignored um, a major red flag, and mm. this is going back to the the Superman effect. You know mm-hmm. the the damsel in distress and you want to come save her and stuff, you know? Um, yeah, I fell for that. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that, that I regret the whole thing. No, I don't. I love my children. You know, I loved her for a very long time, but yeah, I did definitely stay, stay longer than I should have. Cause you know, she just like just like all of us, we're all broken individuals, mm. and some are more broken than others. And you know, I, I believe that she was more broken than I was, and she tried to push that off on me. Mm. You know, what if, but, I think. What was that? Um, dare I dare I say what if it's not more so more than the other? What if it's broken in different ways, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I meant. That's because, what I meant. You know, 
um, yeah, we're all broken. And, the, and I believe, this is my personal opinion, I believe that though we are all broken, some of us are actually doing the work to heal, while others just find themselves comfortable where they are and don't think they have to heal or they've yet to be uh, exposed to the fact that they need healing. Mm. I agree. Mm. I think sometimes brokenness gets the attention that we need to. Mm -hmm. um, because we, we, don't, we like the attention. I think sometimes people lean on their brokenness as a crutch. So we're going to have to stand on our two feet. And that's a problem. <laughs> it's a real so this conversation is real sobering. Yeah. Um so that brings me to like one of your IG posts. Um it said, uh, sometimes God will allow the heartbreak to be so damaging that the silly version of yourself has nothing to return to if you tried. You mentioned that pain has a has a, a a purpose. What does mm -hmm. what does that mean, and how can men tap into that purpose of the pain we experience? Mm -hmm. So, uh, I have a friend who's a trainer, and we were having a conversation not long ago, and he said, "Babe, do you know how muscles grow?" And I said, "Well, we lift weights, we grow muscle." He said, "Yeah, that's 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 true. Do you know the science behind it?" And I said, "No, explain it." Uh, and then what he explained to me is that, and you probably already noticed that when you grow muscle, when you, the, the heavier the weight, the more tissue you tear. Mm -hmm. He said that the muscle itself isn't getting bigger. It's the scar tissue around the muscle that's growing. Mm -hmm. So every time you tear your muscle and it heals, that scar tissue gives you mass. So mm -hmm. the more you tear, the more mass you experience. And what I'm, what I'm discovering is that that speaks to life itself. And so in many cases, the more that I've had to push off of me, the more that I've had to lift, the more torn I become. But on the other side of that, the bigger and stronger I become. Uh, and so in many cases, that pain was necessary for my growth and for my purpose. But more importantly, I learned from that. So it was necessary for my wisdom. Paul... Um, Romans chapter 8, it, it really impacts it for us. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, 28, he says, you know, and we know all things, they work together for our good to them who love God and are called according to his purpose. So even the most, the most significant thing, the most incredible thing, the most wonderful thing is now in partnership with the most painful thing because they work together for my good. So my pain and my purpose are having a conversation saying, how can we edify David's life? How can we edify Nicole's life? How, how can we edify Manny's life? And so um, all of the stuff that we've gone through and all the stuff we've endured, even the relationship we stayed in too long, there, there's so much wisdom on the other side of that that we cannot trade it in because if we trade the pain in, we're trading the wisdom and the strength in as well. And so I cannot trade that experience in without, without also trading in what I've gained from it. So, um, but in that, God will often destroy that thing. So once you come out of it on the other side, he will now destroy that thing so that you have nothing to go back to because the lesson has already been learned. If you go back, you're going to undo everything God just did. Uh, and so he has to destroy it once you come out on the other side. Um, so that you can move forward and not move back. Wow. Wow. Purpose, per, um, what's that? Purposeful pain. Purposeful, purposeful <laughs> pain, yes. Purposeful <laughs> pain, yep. Oh. Wow. Wow. That, that's... <laughs> it makes me think of relationships that I went back to, like a dog to its vomit only yeah. for it not to work out, only for it to feel yeah. like, why am I lather, rinse, repeating this relationship? Yeah. And I feel, you know, like sitting there going, like, I thought I learned, it's like, it felt remedial. Because mm. I was like, I feel like I've learned this 
or I've, I've gotten to, or I've gotten the moral of this story. Why am I back here trying to learn a, a, a different moral with the same person? Like I say to my friends, yo, that's the same spirit, different skin. You ain't going to learn anything yep. new with this person. And, oh, man. And I remember sometimes God just completely closing the door to some other relationships where it was like, you're never going to go back. No matter, no matter how stupid you may be, you know, and, and pick up your, your suitcase and try to go back, it's not going to happen. And there was just access denied all around. And God was like, I'm saving you. I'm protecting you. Because this, uh-uh. Wow. You know, when you go back to that thing that God has destroyed, now become the God of that thing. Mm. And it will always take your breath to keep it alive. So that's why when you go back to it, you become more exhausted every time because right. it's you that has to breathe life into it. God is not on it at all. There's no trace of God in it. And so you are now the Lord of that relationship. That, yeah. and, and it's going to end. It requires your sacrifice to keep it alive. Wow. Mm. Your sacrifice. Wow. Mm. <laughs> Knowledge. Dropping gems. <laughs> So when God is like your marriage right now, my marriage right now, because God is the God of that marriage, mm-hmm. it's his blood that covers, right? Mm-hmm. It's, his, mm-hmm. it's his cross that keeps. Mm-hmm. When he has removed himself from that relationship, it's now your blood that has to cover and mm-hmm. your cross that keeps because you're the God of it. Well, I ain't got but so much blood, so no, don't. <laughs> <laughs> and so we bleed out trying to keep relationships healthy. We bleed out trying to keep relationships working because you're the God of it, and it requires your death and your sacrifice to even keep that thing alive. Wow. Wow. Um, so what can men do? I mean, yes, women too, but what can, what can men do to, if they find themselves in that type of relationship, that, you know, Manny shared that he was in or um, that other men find themselves in, in like a, the Ringling Brothers circus where it's just like mayhem mm-hmm. and it's just, but they stay in there because like the other thing we mentioned, um, they saw their father stick mm-hmm. it out in a, in a demented relationship or a toxic relationship or they saw their mom stick it out in a toxic relationship. What can, um, what can a man do to get out of that vicious cycle and break that vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. There is a list that I can run for you right now, but I won't run that list because all of them lead back to one thing. And I think Manny will probably agree that he needs to, whoever he is, really tap into his God's given purpose. And mm-hmm. the reason why I say that is because purpose fuels. Um, let me let me just unpack really quickly. I'll make it quick, but I, I need you to see it. So um, you guys have heard me talk about Adam and Eve quite a bit. If you followed me, um, mm-hmm. this guy this guy brought this woman home with him the moment he met her and had not even said I love you to her, not tasted her cooking, not kissed her, not touched her. Yet he announced you're coming home with me. Mm-hmm. Why is that? It was because, and why did Manny propose a month after he met you? Because he finally, he, he, he'd come to the realization that this person has the keys to my purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This, person, this person has what I need to get to my next level. There's a calling on my life, and you have what I need to get to my next level. If you don't know who you are, you will spend your life dying in relationships, hoping they become who you need. Mm. Oh, my God. Mm. You spend wow. your entire life waiting on them to show up because you don't know who you are. The moment you find out who you are, who you are, and what you deserve, you'll stop settling for the circus. And you'll let the clowns have the circus. And you'll now, you'll now, you, you'll now walk, you'd rather walk alone than hand in hand with the clown to say you have company. Mm-hmm. So the key is I've mm-hmm. got to find out who I am because when I find out who I am, out of the abundance of the heart flows the issues of life. When I tap into who I am in my heart, 
everything that I will need and will become will be it will find me. I don't have to find it. So purpose is the point of contact for getting rid of the clowns in your life. Wow. Yeah. Um, I don't know what what um, it was one of your recent um, uh, posts where you know you said something about arguing and. And, uh, with fools and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah, that that just ties right into that. You know, when you argue with a fool, you allow them to make you one of them. Mm. Yes, yes. Yeah, you give them permission to make you one of who they are. So never argue with a fool, ever. Yeah, you know, I like I find myself so the the um. My job, I work around a lot of a lot of other guys, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a lot of you know what we spoke about already: the machismo, the the all these uh, alpha males, and, and you know, mm-hmm. and everything, you know. And you know, they're they're all just like every other person, broken individuals, but they put this like big old facade. Um, up when they're around each other and you know sometimes they, they just get into these like discussions and arguments and and you know they try to suck me into it and I'm like nope nope and I just get up and walk away you know because I'm not I'm not gonna look like one of you fools you know mm-hmm. so I just and they look at me like oh you just don't don't you know, whatever. You know, I'm like, yeah, 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 and I just walk away. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. I am, I am not trying to get caught up in in, in your in your buffoonery. You know. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> I am not. Uh huh. So even though they're your acquaintances, not necessarily your friends, like deep friends, they're your acquaintances. You notice that there's some unhealthy things going on there that you don't want any part of which makes me want to ask that question um, for men, especially um, in your friendships with other men, what are some red flags to take note of? So one of them that I can think of is what Manny just said, which is um, this constant need to like uh, uh, argue, was it? Argue or, or have like these, these heated debates or discussions? Yeah, heated debates and, you know, just buffoonery talk, buffoonery. you know, that's what I- <laughs> so what would you say like in friendships with other men like what are some red flags to take note of because we could talk about relationships but sure. men have friendships that sometimes give them horrible advice and they take it yeah some of the things to look for red flags is um, if when I'm near you you pull me further away from the God I serve and closer that's a red flag Mm. If when I'm near you, I have to compete for my purpose, that's a red sign. Like if I can't be fully who God's called me to be because I'm near you, that's mm-hmm. a red flag. If I have to compromise who I am to do life with you, that's a red flag. Um, mm. Another red flag is if... If all I do is feed you and you never feed me, that's a red flag. Because I'm a friend now, I'm a life coach to you. And our mm-hmm. friendship should be edifying one to another. Mm-hmm. So, so those are a few things that you can look at and, and just kind of identify, uh, this may not be, this may be an associate, not a friend or a brother. Mm-hmm. What if, what if, um, it's a long-term friendship and um, and it's been that way it's it's been that way since the beginning but that one person didn't know how to identify it and now it's it's a 20-year relationship and and now that person that didn't realizes it um, knows what to look for and knows that that's a toxic person and how do how do you how do you like separate separate that 
you you have to make it. It's a decision, right? So I have to decide whether or not um, I, I, I have to decide whether or not I'm going to do 20 more years of toxicity and die in toxin in a toxic state, or whether or not whether I'm, I'm going to free myself today. At the end of the day, your life is your decision. Mm-hmm. Your purpose is your decision. Um, mm-hmm. Purpose is God's gift to you, but destiny is your gift to God. Um, and so when I'm around toxic people, I allow them to hinder the gift I give to God of my destiny because my destiny is the sum total of my destination. And so I have to be around people who push me toward my purpose and push me toward my God destiny. So that's a decision. I have to walk away. I'm going to have to decide to walk away from you. And it's really a matter of me making a decision. I can no longer do life in close quarters with you. I'm not going I, that, I, that to, that may mean I'm not cutting you off. I may mm-hmm. not disconnect from you permanently, but in my own heart, you don't hold the same place that you've held before. And so we, we really at times have to create a vacancy in our heart for that which is healthy. Even when we're in the same environment, surroundings of the person, and we cannot walk away. Mm. Hmm. Wow. I'm sitting here still chewing on the last statement. The last thing we talked about. I'm so behind. I'm just like, wait, it's so heavy. Wait, yeah, this is is really deep. Like, you know. I think about, you know, I've always believed that, and I've said this to you, babe, how, like, you men go out there in the world. When they leave the home, they face a barrage of things that we women don't face. It's not to say we don't have our own, that we, our own, you know, Issues that we face, but you guys face such an interest, just a, a very interesting myriad of things. One of them being, on top of that, one of them being, suck it up, Buttercup. You know, there's no crying in, in the in the in the corporate world. There's no men don't cry. On top of that, but yet, I go. But if men aren't supposed to cry, then why do they have tear ducts? <laughs> it's, a, it's a silly question, but it's real. Like, if you guys weren't supposed to cry, then you guys wouldn't have tear ducts, right? But I just go, man, and I'm sitting here listening to him and, and thinking about all the stuff that I know men go through and, the, and thinking, like, wow, there's probably stuff I don't even know. And you guys just have a, a world, like, we just scrape the surface. You guys have, so, or, oh, my gosh. Thank you for being men. Just thank you for being men and carrying that weight. Mm-hmm. So elegantly and so eloquently and just so, 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 I don't know, just so awesome. Because I know if I had to walk a mile in you guys' shoes, I wouldn't even make it out the door. I'd be like, nope, this is way too much. <laughs> and, I have to be, and I have to turn around and be a father. And I have to turn around and bring home money, which means i got to go to a job that I probably don't like everyone there, smile and think about, you know, the blessings that I have at home. Then to come home and, oof. I feel for the ones that go out into the battlefield only to come home and face a battlefield. Um, mm. But to come home and then, and that's why I tell all my girlfriends, especially the married ones, like, yo, you may, there are times when you, when your husband will annoy you and there are times when you want to choke your husband, but at the same time, you got to be that soft landing space for him. You, you, your home cannot be a war zone because he goes out there and he goes to war every single minute of the day and he, when he wants to come, he wants a rest. He wants a place of rest. And even if you have something pressing on your mind that you want to approach him about, like you have a bone to pick with him, pick a good time. Set aside a time or something, but just be peaceful. And I know some girls, some of my friends are just like, well, he just needs to hear what I have to say. He ain't going to hear it. <laughs> he's not going to hear He's going to give you this blank stare, and then he's going to go, well, here, how do I? It's just a blank stare. But I'm just saying this because I'm I'm overwhelmed hearing this conversation, thinking like, man, this is what it takes to be a man. This is what it takes to be a man. And we just scratched the surface. And you guys have all the, oh, man, I just, and maybe you guys look at women and go, I don't know how you do it, you know, all that stuff. And But the thing, I, I'm a firm believer that men are our leaders in our home. And, you know, some may call me old-fashioned. That's fine. I own it. I love it. But I really do get a joy when 
my marriage and my home is in alignment in that way where, you know, where my husband makes the decisions that we talk about and his word is final because he's either consulted with his common sense or he's consulted with his God sense or he's consulted with both his God sense and common sense and checkmate, they're in, not checkmate, but green check, they're in alignment. And he's like, this is what we're going to do. And even though it might be contrary to what I may feel I want to do, when I submit and I align myself with that, I have found that our home, even in such a short period of time of marriage, I have found that our home is harmonious and I have peace. Mm -hmm. I may not always like the fact that we're doing this, but I rest in comfort knowing that my husband had a goal and he consulted with two main people, himself and God, and he said, this is what we're going to do. And so when I feel like I'm freaking out, sometimes I don't consult him. I just consult God. And God's like, we talked about this, remember? (laughs) 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 Um, But sorry, I'm just, I'm sitting here trying, wow. You know, and (laughs) now that I have a son, I'm like, oof, he's going to have, like, what battles will he face as he comes into his own, as he establishes manhood? We can do all that we can in the home. We can give him healthy examples in the home. But then there's another side of his manhood that's got to be formed, in my opinion, and that's going out there into society and yes. where he sits there. And yes. we can, I mean, I feel like I can only provide him but, uh, but some foundation because I'm a woman, but this is where my husband comes in and provides him the rest that's going like, to be the building blocks for his manhood and how he'll apply it out there in the world. And I just go, oh, my gosh, can I just keep my son in the house all day? Can I? Can I, <laughs> can I just do that? And I, I think about when he gets of age to date. And I just go, oh, man. Like, I already told my sister. I was like, listen, I already have the machete ready. I already have the, the knife and the gun. I already have that ready. Should he bring home somebody that's just, ain't it? And... um I just, yeah, so I already pray. All this to say is I pray over my husband and his manhood. I pray over my son and his manhood. And now that I know you, I'm going to pray over you and your manhood. I appreciate it. I'm grateful. Wow. David, um, do you have children? Yeah, I have two sons. I have a 13-year-old and a 16-year-old. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I... like from my previous relationship, um, my son is uh, 13. My daughter is going to be 12 in a matter of weeks. And then I have uh, another little boy. He just turned eight earlier this month. Wow. So it, 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 um, so now, now that like, like that I'm a father and, and, you know, I have to be this father figure, but not only a father figure, but a man figure, you know. Um, now that the spotlight is on me, which was before on my father, you know, it, it just it just makes me want to um, heal that much more for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, makes me want to be that prime or that lead example that much more for them. You know, um, it's, 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 it's scary and it's exciting at the same time thinking about that. I have this young, this young man looking up towards me, looking up, looking at what I do and how I handle myself. It's, <laughs> I don't know how to put it into words, but it's just, it's just so amazing. Like, yeah, mm. it's so, it's so boring, man. It is. It is. Wow. Speaking of boys, uh, I'm just going to ask this question. There's a little boy in every man. And why does that boy sometimes need healing? Um, I think, um, that, you know, as children, we are very, very formidable. Um, I think that we, 
we talked about this earlier, but we are informed about the world at a very early age. And I think sometimes we walk, we, we, we walk through the world with what we received as children. And so I think the boy in him needs to be healed so that he can grow up and the man in him can lead. Mm. If the boy in him is not healed, um, it always gives him permission. It always grants him access to the foolery that boys do because we don't learn the lesson. Um, so he needs to be healed. He needs to be restored so that wisdom can overtake the foolery that comes with being a boy. Mm. Oh. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> That's got the wheels turning. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> The silence is not bad, folks. The silence is because I know for me, I'm just chewing on all of this, and I'm, I'm thinking about how this translates for the flip side, like for us women and for myself, like the little girl in me and all the work that I had to do to heal that mm-hmm. little girl because I realized I was making stupid decisions in areas of my life that I needed to grow up in and make adult decisions or woman decision. And I, I'm glad I did the work. Mm. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, David, um, you know, as a man and leader of a household, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone, not only your wife, but mainly your wife, they look to us to, to have the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you turn to or do you or when you do when you don't have the answer, what should you do? Man, I haven't figured that out. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I don't have a, I, I haven't figured it out, man. I I still a lot of times don't have the answer. And my default is to just get quiet. Uh-huh. That's not healthy. Uh-huh. So um, that's something I'm I'm working on. I just don't, I don't get that right. And I don't want to front like I do. I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> Other than I'm still a work in progress when it comes to that. Mm. Wow. Yep. Damn, I man, I thought you, I, I thought, I thought you had the answers to everything. Man. I, I do not. No, sir. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I would have gave you, I, I should have given you a heads up. <laughs> no, Damn, sir. man. No, sir. I do not. Like, I don't have I'm, all, I'm all up and down your IG post. I'm like, damn, man, this guy has the answer to everything. <laughs> I do not. Yeah, don't let IG fool you, brother. <laughs> I, IG is a liar. I do not. Wow. Um, what are some good and bad images of manhood and fatherhood? So that way um, our listeners at home, um, they can they can kind of go through it themselves and say, oh, well, I had this, but was that good or bad? I'm going to share something with you guys really quickly. Um, we are quarantined right now. Mm-hmm. So you may hear some noise in the background, those of you who are listening. because <laughs> we all in. So you're going to hear my son making some cereal right now. Hey. Uh, don't, don't, yeah. don't, don't, don't mind him. <laughs> we can't hear him. Don't worry. <laughs> um, what was your question, sister? I'm sorry. Sure. No, no problem. Um, what are some good and bad images of manhood and fatherhood? Uh, good and bad images. Well, you know, I think one of the most negative images is the one that I almost had the opportunity to portray like three minutes ago, and mm-hmm. that is that I have all the answers. Mm-hmm. I don't, mm-hmm. right? So that is the most negative, one of the most negative images is I can't learn if I'm not honest about what I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I've got to be honest about the fact that I don't have the answer, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that negative image tells me that I, so again, there's, there's Clark Kent, and i got to be super all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. No. Uh-uh, I don't, and I don't have to have the answer. Um, so that's a negative. I think the positive side of that is I I can I can now open myself up to receive the answers. Um, 
I can learn, I can grow from the fact that I don't have the answers. So I think there's a negative and a positive um, to all of that. Um, I think another negative, and this is one that I really have to challenge myself and I just battle with all the time, is the fact that when I don't know what to do, um, again, that silence is, is, is a problem. Um, we saw that silence in the Garden of Eden. It got Adam and Eve in trouble because Eve, mm-hmm. Adam would not speak up when he was he should have. So I think men to be more expressive, even when we're troubled, or even when we're being challenged, or even when we're frustrated, we just need to speak up because I think there's some peace in our ability to be honest and to be vulnerable and transparent about where we are, how we feel, and what we're going through. Mm. What are some of the positive uh, ones? Um, I think what I really like seeing that that we as men do is we support each other more than we get credit for. Um, so for example, like I'm a, I follow you guys, mm-hmm. like I'm religiously, like I'm a huge fan of what you guys are doing. Thank you. So I'm always paying attention to what you're doing. Um, I like how. You know, I like how, I like to see Manny kind of let you do your thing. Like, it appears, I could be wrong, it appears that he's just like, just going along for the ride. Like, I'm here with you, I'm going to support you, whatever you want to do, that's what I'll do. Um, and it becomes fun to watch. Um, so to see a man really support his wife's vision, is that's that's a beautiful thing. I think for me to see that, is another positive and beautiful thing because as a man, I'm watching how he handles his wife. I'm watching how he interacts with you. I'm watching how many times, Nicole, you're taking the lead on what's going on with you guys' as brand, the ministry. Mm-hmm. But I'm watching Manny play just as much a pivotal part, but he doesn't have to lead it to lead it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those, you know, that's just a couple of things. Um, Watching men lead without having to be domineering. I think that's a big thing. I think mm-hmm. it's a huge thing. And I see I see Manny do that all the time. He sure is. I was he sure is. This is why I love him because like I feel alive. Like I feel like uh like like I feel I feel like with everyone else I was being driven as a Toyota, a test driven test driven as a Toyota. And I feel with him, I am being purchased and driven with the knowledge that I'm a Ferrari. Mm-hmm. And so it's like he's about to sit there. You th- like he's like, oh, this is just the beginning, and he's gonna. He has all intention to rev up that engine and let and just open that up and open me up mm-hmm. and 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 use me or open me up to my fullest potential as a Ferrari. And I'm just like, yay! As he's and you know, and it's like. He, he, I believe in my heart of hearts that he is not in competition with the Ferrari because he knows who he is. He's the person that is driving this thing. He's the person that is, he, he's not the car. I'm, you know, and it's not to say I'm an item, but it is to say in this analogy, I am the car, I'm the Ferrari. And he's, he's the one taking full, you know, advantage in a good way of what he has. Whereas before mm-hmm. it was like, nobody really saw like, this is what you have. You're you're driving it like a Toyota, or you're driving mm-hmm. it like a Hyundai. Do you know what you have? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm just so happy. And the same way with him, I view him like, wow, I have this, you know, this 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 what's what's a Maserati or whatever. And I'm just like, this is great, you know. And so, <laughs> um, but also the fact that God blessed me with a man who isn't scared to hop on. With in, in, in me, because sometimes I feel like my life is like a car with no doors, no seatbelt, and no windshield, and just maybe mm-hmm. like two wheels, <laughs> one in the front and one in the back, and it's like, come on, we're going someplace, and my car can only, my car goes up to like 100 miles per hour, and we're driving at like mm-hmm. 120. I don't know how, but that's my life, and he, mm-hmm. is, he just got right in the car and was like, okay, let's go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> No, we ain't got um, no seatbelts, but let's go. 
I'm down. <laughs> but did you I'm die, up. though? Right? <laughs> we get to our destination, but did you die, though? Nope. <laughs> nope. Right. Oh, man. He's a blessing. And I'm, I, I want, I, I want, I hope, my hope is that every man who listens to this, um, whether you're single and you want to be married or whether you're engaged and you're soon to be married or you're married, I want every man to be able to have that experience where your wife turns to you and says, you are my answered prayer, you are uh, my blessing, and I am mm-hmm. so glad to grow life with you. Because mm-hmm. I'm just so glad God was like, Nicole, I, I got to protect you because you're acting foolish. So the man that I have for you, he, he, that's it. It, it. This is it. And, and you're going to see why it didn't work with anybody else and why it couldn't work with anybody else. And um, I'm just, I hope that happens for every man listening to this because that means that you are the perfect, you know, for lack of a better word, perfect match for us where we feel, I feel as a woman, I can now, my, my mission as a single woman is now complete and I can fully thrive and live in the next part of my life, which is a mission and a ministry as a wife and a mother. Wow. <laughs> I love her. Wow. Jeez. <laughs> you have any more questions, babe? Because I feel like we just got a lot of good meat. Yeah, I can't wait to listen to this uh, episode again because there's, there's a lot of stuff that that um, I need to to sit back and, and just listen to again. He, David... You're awesome, and you dropped a lot of knowledge today. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Man, um, uh, listen, please take this moment to promote your stuff, your contact information, your IG, all that stuff. We want people to be able to follow you. Sure. Um, so, guys, again, thank you for having me. Um, I really looked. I was, I, I was hoping I didn't miss this opportunity. I saw your email kind of late yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm grateful that we were able to, to get this done today. Um, you guys can follow me, those of you who are listening, at David Burris Global. I'm primarily on Instagram. Uh, my website is uh, Um I have some books out, guys, on Amazon if you want to grab them. One of them is called The Blueprint that I really think will bless your life. Um, it really looks at Adam and Eve and kind of unpacks their relationship and some principles from that. Um, and I'm also I'm also um, a coach, so if you guys have some life, love, or leadership stuff you need help with, please don't hesitate to contact me, uh, and I'll be happy to assist you. Mm. Nice. Life coach, author, father, husband. This guy does yeah. it all. Yeah. <laughs> and and yet it still has, he does not have all the answers, so I think it works yeah. out perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, babe, you know, I hate to say it, but this is uh, it's time for us to end. And But the one thing I am happy about is for the first time ever, we are actually going to have our guest read our goodbye scripture. Yeah. Mm. I think we talked about this before. Um, first Timothy... Was it? No. It was, let me grab it. I'm sorry, guys. It was, yes, First Corinthians, rather. Uh, chapter 13, verse 1. I'm going to read the Passion Translation, which says, When I was a child, I spoke about childish matters, for I saw things like a child and reasoned like a child. It goes on to say, But the day came when I matured, and I set aside my childish ways. Um, just and, and just briefly, what I love about there's so much I love about this, but I love the fact that this guy says, "But the day came when I matured." Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, what I what I've what I realize about that is that it is a decision, and it doesn't have to be a long process. There's a day of maturity, mm-hmm. um, and when that day came, said I set aside my childish ways. Mm-hmm. And what I love about that, bro, is that he didn't get rid of his childish ways. Right. He, he didn't set them aside. He set them aside. 
Yes. And the reason we yes. set them aside is because that childishness is important for us as men. Like, I yes. need to keep that near me. Yes. Um, it's, it's the way I keep Tanisha laughing. It's the way you keep Nicole laughing. So that childishness is how I get some of the mm-hmm. stuff out of me that the man needs to really vent and, ex- and exhaust. Yes. So for every man who's listening, um, don't, don't get rid of your childishness. Set it aside until it's necessary. And, and, and you'll be the man God's called you to be. Yes. Amen. Amen. Oh, my gosh, I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you know, babe, since this is the man's episode, I'm very happy. I love how you took control here. I love how you uh, you um, produced this episode. And um, why don't you just sign us out? <sighs> Dear friends, it is time we say goodbye. Sorry, let me start off. Dear friends, it is time we say goodbye to you. But before we do, we would like to remind you to show up for each other, have a heart of servitude, and support one another like you would a best friend. From the bottom of our hearts, love, love let that, let that